Women Taking the Lead, episode 163. Because the more you do something, the better you get. And the better you get, the more you want to do something. And writing is just like going to the gym or just like, let's make it easier. It's just like eating. You don't eat one meal on Sunday and then go, whew, thank goodness that's done. You have to eat consistently. You have to write consistently. And the more you write, the better you'll get, the more easily you'll crystallize your thoughts and be able to put them on paper. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for being here. I am here with Honoré Corder, who is another repeat guest for us. Honoré was on Women Taking the Lead back in September of 2015. She was episode 58, and she is back on today because she is an expert on a topic that I know is of interest to a lot of you, and it's all around writing your book and being seen as the expert you are. So let me do her bio, and then I'm going to turn it over to her. So Honoré Corder is the author of 20 books, including Vision to Reality, Prosperity for Writers, Business Dating, The Successful Single Mom Book Series, If Divorce is a Game, and The Divorced Phoenix. She is also Hal Elrod's business partner in the Miracle Morning book series. Honoré coaches business professionals, writers, and aspiring nonfiction authors who want to publish their books to bestseller status, create a platform, and develop multiple streams of income. She also does all sorts of other magical things, and her badassery is legendary. Honoré, thank you so much for coming back. So tell us more about you, and I want to hear especially about these magical and badassery things you do. Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. And uh, for anyone who's listening, my assistant had a lot to do with that bio, everyone. (laughs) I I don't know what the magical things are, actually, but um, I think they have to do with the fact that I can prolifically write and people think that it's magical. It it isn't really. It's a writing habit, which is a lot less sexy and more boring, right? Than magic. Magic sounds wonderful and, and a habit sounds boring but that's really how I get it done. So I mostly write books and I do some coaching. I am publishing my 21st book coming up very shortly. And then I've done uh, eight, eight or nine with Hal in the Miracle Morning book series. So we just popped out three, three new little kids in the last uh, (laughs) last couple of weeks. So um, those are coming out. Um, fairly quickly and and wonderfully to impact the lives of people around the world with a morning habit, but also in a specific uh, area. So we have entrepreneurs coming out in November. We just released parents and families. We released the positive affirmations coloring book. So lots of good, good uh, positive energy we're putting out into the world with those books. And then I'm a mom. I have a 16 year old daughter. I have two furry children and a wonderful husband who supports the insanity that is my life. 
I know, and you have a lot going on. And you know, Andre, I love how you said you you popped out three more kids <laughs> with your books because, like I mentioned in our pre chat, I'm putting the finishing touches on my first draft of an ebook I'm looking to release in the next month or so. And honest to God, I was thinking about this last night that I feel like I'm pregnant with this book. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm really, I, you know, I have not been physically pregnant before, but I've heard lots and lots of women talk about when you get to that eighth or ninth month, ninth month, you are just done and you want it to be out there in the world. And I've hit that stage. <laughs> you're, you're at the, I'm over it stage. Well, when I was 32 weeks pregnant, 33 weeks pregnant, I was big and I went on a, on a trip and I was at this dinner, right? So everyone's in their elegant evening wear and tuxedos and gowns. And I'm in my, you know, what do you have at motherhood maternity, right? Back in the day when the yeah. like, cute stuff for pregnant women. And I remember just sitting there and a woman looked at me and she's like, are you all right? And I handed her my butter knife and I said, let's just get her out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can completely relate to that on both the actual baby level and then on the book baby level. <laughs> Mm hmm. And from the sound of it, though, you've really mastered um, the habits that help you to just get through the stage. Just keep going. Don't stick around here. Because I did notice myself starting to do that where I was sticking around um, certain places in the book. And I'm like, nope, this is a first draft. Get it out there. Get it done. And after, you know, 20 something books, you came out with your latest book, which is directed at people who want to write a book but haven't written a book yet. And I know there was inspiration for the book that I wanted to write. What inspired you to write this book? I thank you for asking that question. I get so many of the same questions. And the basis of any book is really that knowledge that you're passing around one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two with people. And so You Must Write a Book was born from me having the same conversations. People would say, oh, you've written a book. I've always wanted to write a book, but I don't know where to start. <laughs> what do I do? How do I write a book? When do I write a book? What do I do with it? <laughs> how do I make sure it sells? And how do I make sure it sells me? And what are all those things that, that someone needs to know and to do? And there are lots of books on writing habits. Like how do you develop a writing habit so you can write a book? There are books on how do you market your book or how do you promote your book? and books on craft. I didn't think that there was a book that really walked, and this is my avatar for this book, that walked my avatar, my ideal reader, through the process of saying, I want to have a book, and so what do I need to do today and tomorrow and the next day and next week, and how long will it take me? What's, what are the schedule, what's the schedule of events, and how do I balance writing with the production pieces, the book cover and the layout and design and the copywriting and the editing piece. When do all those things happen and who do I use and how do I know that they're good? All of these questions I was constantly being asked and there wasn't a guide that I found that was user or reader friendly. If, if there was one, it was a thousand pages. <laughs> and see, mm -hmm. professional has time to read a thousand pages. And I'm more of a no BS kind of person where I just kind of say, do this and then do this and then do this. And so I found myself having people ask me those questions. And then some people would hire me and say, I want you to coach me through this process. And I'm a high ticket item and not everyone can afford that. And I really believe in bringing um, my knowledge to as many people as possible. And the best and fastest and easiest way to do that is through a book. 
I love that you said that because that was exactly why I wanted to write my book because I'm a high ticket item as well. Not everyone can afford private coaching, you know, because it does, and you know this, it takes up a lot of your time and your time is, is valuable. Not that you're not willing to share it, but for one person to have that time, you know, it takes away from your ability to earn income. And so it's a higher price point and I knew not everyone could afford it. So I wanted to get it out there and I want to go back back to something that you hit on, because I know this was something I really gave a lot of thought to as well. Um, and I know that your avatar needs to think about this as well, is the avatar itself. Like you really have to have a person in mind who you're writing that book for. Who was your avatar? How did you how did you describe it going into this project? Well, my avatar is a real person. It's one of my business coaching clients that I've worked with for years. And I was writing the book for him because I have been convinced that he should write a book. And I've told him he needed to write a book. And so finally, I have a book with his name in it telling him he needs to write a book. And I describe that entire process in the book. How do you craft an avatar? What qualities and characteristics does your avatar either have or you can have a fictional avatar? In other words, your avatar is also code for who is your ideal client if you are writing the book to sell your services. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that well, it helps like the frustrating parts of the books. I know when I felt like I was getting tangled up in thoughts, you know, I would take a step back and be like, no, go back to the woman you're writing this book for. What does she need? What does she want? And that just brought so much clarity to the writing. But I want to hand it back to you, Honoré, because I'm curious, um, you know, from your book, what are some of the the strategies? Like, you know, you know, the person listening to this episode, they haven't even started their book, but they know a book is is in them. They know it, it could help them. You know, what what are some of the strategies you give in your book that would help them at least like, get over that first hurdle of just getting started. Well, I address though the main hurdles, which tend to be, I don't have anything to say, or who am I to write a book? Or, okay, so if I could write a book, what would I say uh, in the book? What, what, what would I say that nobody else has said? Or what's so important that I need to talk about? And then when am I going, I'm already using all 24 hours of the day, when am I going to fit it in? And I address each of those, uh, but I can talk uh, to any or all of those right now, if you'd like. Yeah, if you have some high points for those, because, you know, just to give people a teaser, because your book is out there, it's going to be available, but what will they find in there? Well, if I think the first thing is, who am I to write a book? What, why, would, why would someone want to read my book? And the best answer to that is, if you've ever read something and it really hit you, and it wasn't the first time you'd heard it, it might not even have been the fifth time you've heard it. You've heard it over and over again, and yet you read this one book in particular, it could have been an interview, it could have been something else, right? But the, you had that one piece of information that you've heard from other places, and you hear it this time, and it goes all the way in. It touches you at a cellular level. Well, that's the knowledge that you have that needs to go into your book that needs to get into the hands of someone else. In other words, people are hearing probably the advice that you're giving, and they just haven't heard it from you. So I think that that's really important. You know, and I love that you said that because I hear a lot of people say that like, well, this has already been said or this is somebody else's idea, but it, it's 
we never output exactly what we've taken in. It always goes through our filter and we share our experiences and our stories and our take on a certain concept or idea so that other people can connect with it in a new way. And I'm sure you've probably heard people say this to you as well. Like, you know, I've heard that before, but I've never heard it said that way. And that's what provides new insights for people. Right. People need your knowledge and your insights from you in the way that you would explain it to them. And there is a certain group of people that are just waiting to hear it. And if you don't write your book, then how will they ever get that, that information? How will they ever be inspired to take mm-hmm. action in whatever, in whatever way you are going to inspire them through your book? They may never. Yes. And, you know, and Andre, I'd love for you to speak to this as well, because sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm doing a lot on social media. I'm really getting the word out that way. Or I'm writing on my blog, you know, so all my writing's going there. So, you know, people really aren't reading books anymore. They're listening to audios and podcasts and, you know, books on tape and all of that. So why, why would I, you know, make that sacrifice to carve out the time to write a book? What would you say to that? Well, I have the answer to that one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I say, well, listen, you could have the fanciest law degree from Harvard and it's not as impressive as having a book. So a book is going to take the place of any other piece of really cool thing. Maybe not an Olympic gold medal. Maybe an right, right. right. <laughs> However, anyone can write a book. Most anyone can write a book. As we have seen, not even the best in the world sometimes can get a gold medal. So I'm just going to leave that there. So unless you're a candidate for a gold medal, and even gold medal winners, like, write books. <laughs> after, right. after they get their gold medal, they get a book deal. So <laughs> we're going yeah. to come back to having a book is a replacement for a business card. It is the leaves no question in someone's mind whether you're the expert that they need to hire, they need to engage, they need to listen to. Okay. So having a blog is wonderful and doing a podcast is wonderful. Having a newspaper column is wonderful. Having a a certification is wonderful. It's just not as impressive as having a book. It's that it's the last bastion of awesomeness. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and it does open a lot of doors for you when you when you say I've authored a book. Like when that's on your bio or your resume, people are like, oh, okay, they automatically assume you are an expert and you know what you're talking about because you took the time to put it into a book. Correct, correct. And it goes where you will not go. It will connect you with places you might never, people in places you might never get to. Your book can travel, especially digitally now when you said you are working on an ebook. That's brilliant because- between the major platforms that are available um, for self-published authors, you can publish in 190 countries. I, you have to leave now to get to 190 countries before you die. It's <laughs> so true. All right, on right. So they're listening. They hear you. Okay, they they want to write a book, but they don't see themselves as writers. Mm. What do you have to say to the person who says, "Well, I'm I'm just you know I'm just not a writer." Well, you wrote an email this morning, so you're technically, (laughs) (laughs) technically, if you write words, you are a writer. However, I think people have varying levels of negative self-talk around what is an actual writer. And I know I did. I wouldn't, I wasn't calling myself a writer until my seventh book. I I wasn't thinking that I was a capital W writer. I didn't go and get a journalism degree from NYU. I wasn't a classically trained writer. So I thought that I was just a lowercase writer and I should lead with 
coach and speaker as opposed to author, coach and speaker. Even though I was using my book to open doors and sell services, I still wasn't leading with that. So I understand those limiting beliefs that people might have. However, um, you can write well enough and use the editing process to turn your imperfect writing into darn near perfect prose and no one will really know the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was, <laughs> I saw someone write and say, I got to the point to where I recognized that, that, that no, um, first draft is too ugly. In other words, <laughs> just have your first draft, get your first draft out and then work with an editing team, an editor or an editing team to polish it. That's what they're there for. So even now after 20 books, cause people that hire me say, oh, I bet when you get your stuff back from an editor, you just get like the gold star. And I was like, no, it kind of looks like a crime scene. <laughs> it's, bad. it's still bad. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. So if you're willing to learn and you're willing to get the ideas out of your head and on paper, and because you are talking about something that you know, right? You're writing a book about your area of expertise. One of the ways that I recommend is that you record a conversation or you record yourself talking to your avatar, either real or imagined, not in person, but in in your mind, having a conversation. If I, if I say, if I ask you a question, then you'll just answer it. Well, write that down. What was the question and what's the answer? That's kind of the, the bones of the book. Now you do have the option of using a ghostwriter to help you with the process and ghostwriters will run anywhere from on the low end, 10,000, on the high end, 250,000. So there are varying degrees of ghostwriter and varying degrees of prices of ghostwriter. And then there's another option, which is available as well. And Tucker Max is a a very well-known self-published and now traditionally published author. And he started a company called Book in a Box. And he has all of the staff that you would need to put together a book on available. And you can literally hire him to produce your book. And they say they need about 12 hours of your time. And I think it's, you know, between 20 and $50,000 and they will produce a book for you in just a few months. So you have options is my point. Mm-hmm. And I know from, you know, the women who've reached out to me, I've had conversations. So knowing my community a little bit, these are, this is a community of women who are doers, right? So they're action takers. I know for themselves, they'll definitely get an editing team, but I'm, I'm suspecting most of the women who are listening to this episode are thinking, okay, I'm going to do it because I want to have my personal touch on it. A lot of the women who listen to this um, podcast are very um, type A you know, a little bit controlling, a little bit perfectionistic, you know, but, I, you know, they'll definitely go ahead. Honey. I don't know anything about that type of. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, neither do I. I don't know where <laughs> these people come from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or how they even operate or live in the world. I know it's looking in the mirror every morning, but you know, and I'm the same way. And, you know, before we even started recording, you and I were, were chatting about how well your first episode is doing. And it's largely because you continue to promote it consistently. You're not going crazy. You're not going overboard, but you are consistently promoting it. And we we were tying that to almost everything in life. If you are consistent and you take consistent action, you will, will succeed. And maybe you're, you're going in a different direction when you say you should write every day. Cause I've heard you say that, like, you know, you should do the practice of writing every day. Why, why do you give people that advice? Because the more you do something, the better you get. And the better you get, the more you want to do something. And writing is just like going to the gym or just like, let's make it easier. It's just like eating. (laughs) 
Right. You don't eat one meal on Sunday and then go, whew, thank goodness that's done. (laughs) You have to eat consistently. You have to write consistently. And the more you write, the better you'll get, the more easily you'll crystallize your thoughts and be able to put them on paper. I love the idea that you said that they're doers and they wanted to do the book because I'm the same way. I I wanted it to be my voice and my personality and my um, smart aleck on uh, on the paper and people will say when I read your books it's just like I'm having a conversation with you which is a, a great compliment I find and so they will want to just start to jot down those ideas like start putting an outline together put together their avatar and start jotting down the things that they would like to share and that will get them started and dare I throw this out there when someone hasn't written their first book but it always happens they get something called the fever and that's where in the middle of their first book they'll go oh and in my next book I'm gonna write about this Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> the ideas start to come it's it, because writing is such a beautiful outlet of expression and creativity it's your art So some people paint and some people sing and some people write. And if you fancy yourself wanting to write, then there's no reason why you shouldn't or couldn't be writing. You know, I I totally have to back up everything you've been saying, because from my own personal experience, when I started my blog to write a 600 word blog, it would take me over an hour. And when I was done, I would be exhausted. Like (laughs) I had, you know, squeezed out every last word I could possibly get onto the page. But in the process of writing my own book, I found that I could write a thousand words in an hour you know, and then more, and then it'd be 1200. And it got to a point where I started upping, you know, because I had little to do's on my calendar every day, like write a 1000 words, write a 1000 words, write a 1000 words. And then pretty soon, I I started changing it to write 1200 words, write 1200 words. And then one day it was like, write 2500 words. And I knew I could do it. Because I had slowly been, you know, it had been growing naturally. And I found that, you know, the thoughts just started coming out more consistently. And as a part of my natural writing, I was outlining, starting to outline exactly what was going to happen in the next chapter and the next chapter. Even though I had the overall outline of the book done, I found that as I was writing, like it exactly the way you described, it was like the floodgates opened and it just started flowing. I love that part of it too, because sometimes I just don't know what else is going to come and I trust the process. I know that I'm, I'm going to start writing and I don't even know what I'm going to write. And then the fun part is when I go back a couple of weeks later and I review what I've written before I send it to my editor and I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of good. <laughs> where, where did that even come from? I must be, you know, I must be tapping into the force. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it's good. It's trusting the process, but you don't trust the process that you haven't gone through yet. So you have to listen to the words of other people. And so just know that as you write down your outline, and I actually, in You Must Write a Book, I shared the original outline for the book, which was basically seven or eight lines. Here are the, here are the, main, here are the topics that I want to cover in depth in this book, but it was a very broad brushstroke. Yeah. And it can be that simple. That's just what you need to get started. Exactly. That's exactly right. And Honoré, you said you you take people, you know, right to the end. So, okay, they've gotten over the hurdle of, okay, I am a writer. I can write. I'm practicing every day. I'm writing my book. But then you reach that point where you start thinking about, okay, I'm going to have to get this book out into the world. And I want it to do well. And I want people to to hear about it. And you give them uh, a strategy for how to launch their book and market 
it so it is successful and gets out into the world. Can you give us um, an, a, a peek into some of the tips that you give on the strategy? Sure, sure. So one of the things you have to do, and this won't be any surprise, uh, I would guess to your audience is start building your list. So if you want to write a book, start building the list of people you're going to talk to about that book yesterday. <laughs> this is li literally one of the first things is have in mind the type of person that you're going to be writing the book for and then go and sign up for an Aweber account. That's my... That's my drug of choice for the endless building. But some people like MailChimp. They want to start with a free MailChimp account and then graduate. And some people like Confusionsoft. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think there are some others. Um, I like Aweber. I've been using it for a long time. I'm a huge fan of theirs. Um, get an Aweber account and start to learn about opt-in pages and those types of things so that you're not so overwhelmed at the end. The very worst thing I think someone could do is what you kind of what you just described, which is like, okay, so I'm kind of toward the end of writing my book. Now what do I do with it? The time to really be thinking about what you're going to do with your book and what you want from it is before you even do the outline for it. And so a successful launch is predicated on having a number of people who are hungry fish. They're excited and ready to um, buy your book and read it and review it the minute you release it. So a peek behind the curtain is that a portion of those people that you are collecting their addresses would actually become part of your art, your advanced review team. I call mine my review crew. Um, I'm embedding in their minds that they would be buying and reviewing my book on Amazon. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I'm separating them out. So I'll send out an email sometimes even as early as I produce the books pretty quickly. So you're looking at maybe a 60 or 90 day lead time on this where you're letting people know, okay, so I have this book coming and I'd really like to give the book for free to a few people that would be willing to read and review the book on Amazon. And so you walk them through that process of go here to sign up and then send them the book give them access to the book and then um, harass them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. until because it's the, the turn rate on a, on a review team is about 20%. <clears throat> so about 20% of the people who raise their hand and say, yes, I'd like to read your book for free will actually read and review it. So you just have to figure that into your multiple. So part of the, the launch process is having reviews that go live on Amazon at the same time as your book is actually live so getting some people to read it and, and review it. And then um, you're listening to someone promote their book on a podcast. And so that's one of my number one suggestions is if, as an expert, if you've written a book and you're writing a book, then have a portion of your day structured around reaching out to podcasters and go on their podcast and be an awesome guest. Mm-hmm. da <laughs> And here you are. I love that because I know the strategy, you really got to think about that ahead of time. It's not something to be left last minute. And it was something I was thinking about as I was writing my book. And I know in your book, you must write a book, which I love that title. Yeah. You talk about how to come up with a title. And this is the stage I'm in right now. So selfishly, I definitely okay. want to talk about this. I have a title in mind, but I want to make sure it, it, like, it aligns with the tips you give on how to choose your title. Okay, so the title is what? What happens, if, what happens in the book? What's it about? The subtitle is the promise. What do I get if I read the book? So you must write a book as me, Miss Bossy Pants, telling you what you should do. <laughs> 
<laughs> telling you, you must write a book and then all the things you must do inside the book. Um, tongue in cheek, of course. And then the subtitle is meant to fulfill the promise. If the, if the reader purchases your book and they read it, what will happen for them on the other side? What will end up happening for them? So my subtitle for you must write a book is boost your brand, get more business and become the go-to expert. That's perfect. I'm going to tweak a little bit. And I, I've also thought about um, putting a survey out. I have a private Facebook group. I'm thinking about putting a survey out to the group and saying, which title grabs your attention? Would you recommend that or no? Well, the, the, yeah, yes or no. It, it, yeah. I'll give you the lawyer's answer. It depends. <laughs> um, <laughs> Obviously, the challenge with people who are writing books in general, not just with titles, but with covers and other things, is that they're asking the advice of people who are not professionals. Mm -hmm. So unless your unless your readers, and to be fair, if the people in your community are serial readers, they know what they like and they know what they don't like. So there's nothing wrong with asking them. I would more ask 10 or 20 or 30 authors that have published in your particular area and, and, and have successfully published. And that's a different uh, category, frankly. Um, lots of people publish, not all of them are successfully self-published, right? So you want to make sure you're asking the advice of someone who would know better. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll see people put up two god-awful book covers and go, which one do you like better? And the people don't know what they're looking for. They don't, know, they don't have an eye for design. They don't know what they should be looking for. So they just go, oh, I like the left one. Oh, I like the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I like this color. I like that color preference. Yeah. Yes. And I just keep scrolling and every so often someone will call me out and go, Honore, you're really good at this. What do you think? And I'm like, I will private message you, dear Lord. <laughs> I don't want to hurt someone's feelings, especially in public. So a lot of times I just, I don't say anything, but when you're asking for someone's advice, ask for the ad advice of someone who really knows what they're talking about. So if you're having book covers done, ask for the advice of people who either are really um, educated in that area or have some education and that's what they do for a living very, very well. All right. And so now we're at the point too, where, you know, people are writing their book, they're getting it going. And we all know, like, the purpose behind the book isn't just to be seen, be known, you know, get opportunities, be an expert. It's to lead to the next thing, because of course, we want to be able to increase our income, too. So then we can go on and do more things, great things, live the lifestyle we want to live, help more people. But we have to have that income in order to do it. And I know you also talk about um, multiple streams of income and the potential for that in writing a book. Can you give us an example of that? Sure. I call it the wheel of fortune. So the, <laughs> right? um, the, the book's content can be repurposed into lots of other wonderful things, such as a speaking gig, right? You can take your book and take a portion of it and turn it into a speech, a presentation, a workshop, a weekend, a teleseminar, a podcast. I mean, it's unlimited what you can turn it into just from, from speaking the words. You can also repurpose that content into a course or a workbook or a companion guide or a journal, so that what I found when I wrote Prosperity for Writers was that people were writing to me and saying, I got a journal and I'm writing all this stuff down. And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> so 
I created a journal that was a new original content, but also followed the flow of the original book so that they had a place to do the exercises. But then I also interviewed more people. And so they didn't feel like they were buying just an expanded version of the original book with some lines in it. Mm-hmm. Like that, right? I wanted people to really feel like they were getting additional value. If they were going to buy an additional product for me, I wanted them to feel like they got enough additional value. So I had the exercises from the original book and some new and interesting content for the productivity journal. So you can turn it into more paper or more book, more book content, more book products. And there are so many other things you can do, coaching, consulting, in many hybrids of those sorts of things. I mean, I could go on. I think there are probably 50 things you could do. I talked probably about a dozen of them in the book directly. Awesome. And that's all we needed was just a teaser so that people knew there were all these opportunities out there for the book. It's not just about being seen, being known. There's a lot of things that can help you. Um, do do it, whatever it is you want to accomplish. I know everyone has different goals that they're heading for, but it sounds like a book is an avenue to hit all, if, if not nearly all of those goals. So that's fantastic. And Honoré, I, I feel like you've provided so much value to us. It's been so great chatting with you. And I know people are going to want to connect with you, find your book, hear more about what you have going on. So if you could let us know what's the best way for this community to connect with you. Well, I'm everywhere on social media at Honoré. My website is honorécorder.com. And if they want a sample of the book, they can go to honorécorder.com dot com forward slash you must sample just for the first couple of chapters. I love that. So those of you who are listening, go to honorarecorder.com and grab that book. And if that that's a lot of information and, and spelling, I know a lot of you are driving and running around and doing stuff. You can go to the blog post that accompanies this episode on womentakingthelead.com. Honoré's page will be right there at the top. If it's not, just put in Honoré, H-O-N-O-R-E-E. Her show notes page will come right up. You'll have all the resources for how to connect with her. And Honoré, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you to say it was a delight to be with you. Thanks. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at zebralovewebsolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. 
We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.